Hey gang, Dr. Chris here. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Potential. And this week, I'm having a midlife crisis. Welcome to Vibrant Potential. We provide you with everything you need to know to overcome stress, fatigue, and chronic health challenges, as well as optimizing your performance in fitness, relationship, and business. We use integrative health solutions and functional medicine strategies, including brain-based approaches, inspired fitness tips, emotional intelligence coaching, and spiritual growth techniques, so you can live the life you want, connect deeply with others, and fulfill your vibrant potential. Your host is functional medicine expert, genetic biohacker, and triathlon coach, Dr. Chris Frickman. This week's show is my first solo show. I'm veering off of my planned interview schedule to share with you an experience I had over the weekend. I've got some absolutely awesome shows coming up, though, so I'm going to tell you about a couple of them. Jonathan Mead from The Uncaged Man talks with me about his journey and what he's doing to help get men in touch with their primal selves and why women should be excited about it. Sean Cruxton is going to be on the show. I'm super pumped about releasing this interview. It was an absolute blast talking with Sean. Sean's become someone I greatly admire for his work on and surrounding his podcasts, YouTube channels, virtual summits, and everything else he does. He recently retired Underground Wellness, that's his old show, and now is starting a new project he's calling The Sessions. So you can look the sessions up on iTunes and listen into those. You can also listen in on an upcoming show here at Vibrant Potential to find out what the sessions are all about and how he decided to listen to his inner voice and move on from a very lucrative business to pursue his passions. Talk about Vibrant Potential. I'm also set to release my first ever re-guest. I've had many people on the show whom I could do several shows with. My most popular show to date, however, was episode four with Dr. Phil Maffetone. And since you loved that show so much, I asked him to come back on the show. Last time we discussed barefoot running, how he coached Ironman champs to their wins, his take on a high-fat diet, and more. This time we get into some deeper topics and really look at more of why Dr. Maffetone does what he does. It's an honor to share our discussion with you, so stay tuned for all that coming very, very soon. So, back to this weekend. I had just left my house and was going to the grocery store. I was in the car on the road, and I happened to see an older man lying on his back in his lawn. It caught my eye as not quite right. You know what I mean? You're driving and you're not able to see everything that's going on around you, but something caught my eye, right? So, I look over... And there's a man laying on the lawn, and as I looked closer, he wasn't moving, and his lawnmower was right by him. I immediately shut the car off in the middle of the road, by the way. I got a lot of honking horns at me. Anyway, I run up to him, hear the lawnmower still running, and as I get up to him, I see that, sure enough, he's unconscious, and he's thrown up on his shirt. I shut the lawnmower off and tap him on his shoulder. He's groggy, but he starts coming to, really good sign, obviously, but he's kind of mumbling incoherently. 
Meanwhile, another woman runs up to the scene and she's calling 911. Good idea. CPR classes and nursing classes are spinning through my head along with more than a little adrenaline. He's breathing and has a pulse and he's coming too. Now he's starting to sit up of his own volition and he's able to answer questions. I'm unsure if he's confused, so I ask him his name, what day it is, and how old he is. He answers all three correctly, saying that his name is Paul, he's 70 years old, and it's Saturday. I verified this later with his wife, who, as it turned out, was in their house at the time, but was immobilized and not able to help him. The woman who called 911 handed me her phone and left, saying she had to take care of her kids. So she leaves, and I stay to make sure there's nothing else I can do to help, and then I flag down the EMS crew when they arrive. He was resistant at first, but long story short, the EMS crew very strongly encouraged him to head to the ER, and he ended up going. Kara, my oldest daughter, ended up finishing up their lawn for them, and I went to the store as I had originally intended to. Later that evening, I went back over there just to check up on his wife, and she still hadn't heard anything and was very nervous. Talking seemed to ease her anxiety, so I sat with her as she told me how lucky I was to have met him because he was one of the most wonderful men in the world. What a great thing to be able to say after 48 years of marriage, right? She told me about her kids and her grandkids and how she used to work at the local high school and how they had lived in that house for 35 years and a lot of other stuff. One thing she said haunted me the next day, though. She said she didn't think anyone ever thinks they're going to get old. It just sneaks up on them. She has her own health issues, and then this happens to her husband, and it was just kind of scary for her. I'll fill you in on what happened to Paul in just a moment. So now back to my midlife crisis. Probably crisis is a bit of an exaggeration here. I think it might only qualify as a midlife realization since the quintessential Corvette is in no way involved. When Paul told me he was 70, I realized next year I'm going to be 40, and 40 is getting closer to 70 than the beginning of life. Childhood flashbacks of observing someone's 40-year-old birthday came streaming into my head, and the saying, over the hill, seems to be prevalent in the vision. (laughs) When I was 11, I thought anyone that could drive was pretty darn old. When I was 20, I thought people in their 30s were in a different universe, and I mean, they sort of were, many of them being married, divorced, having kids, mortgages, stuff I had no experience with when I was 20. When I was 30, though, I thought 40 is the new 20, and 50, 55 is still pretty darn reasonable. And as I approach 40, I figure anything in the 60s is still pretty good. The point here is that I'm aware of a certain relativism at play. I've had the good fortune to treat people at the clinic in their 70s and 80s that were very spry and alert, holding jobs if they want, contributing to society and their family in a myriad of ways. Heck, I even knew a 79-year-old that was flipping houses. The beautiful truth is like the old saying goes, you're only as old as you feel. This is true in a very literal sense. I've long used a simple office diagnostic to determine the functional age of someone's cells. 
I've seen 80-year-olds with the functionality we expect of a healthy 20-year-old, and I'm sorry to say I've seen some teenagers with the cells of a withered old man. The good news is I run this test for a couple of reasons, most importantly because there are many things that we can do about it. Of course, there's also the looming truth that we are all going to die. That's right, folks. You heard it here first. You're not going to make it out of here alive. The great thing about coming to grips with that, and let me pause here and say, this is a thing that a person continues to come to grips with or struggle with or avoid. It's not something that you find out and decide it's cool and then it just goes away. But like I was saying, the great thing about coming to grips with the fact that you've got a finite amount of time on this planet is that you can make the most of what's left to you. And if my first 40 years is any indication, the hours can seem to go by slowly at times, but the years seem to fly by. I came across a quote by Frank Natale, although I'm not sure it wasn't said by Khalil Gibran first. Either way, it's apropos. Middle age is not the beginning of decline, but a time to reach for the highest in ourselves. Middle age is a pause to re-examine what we have done and what we will do in the future. This is the time to give birth to our power. Powerfully put, since none of us know how long we have, only that we have a finite amount of time, I propose we make the most of today. I, for one, choose to learn from my elders and will live as if I don't have forever, because I don't. And I continually look to my children for lessons as well. Let us live with the purpose of our elders and the creativity, non-judgment, and if need be, forgiveness of our youth. What are you doing with your today? How are you choosing to spend your time? If you find that you are bitter, resentful, jealous, anxious, non-acting because of uncertainty or fear, life's too short. For me... I want to help 10,000 people reach their vibrant potential, and I want to do it very soon because you, like me, don't have forever. Everyone has an inherent potential within them. You have a vibrant potential within yourself. You're either living it right now or it's waiting to be lived. If your vibrant potential is not currently being expressed in its fullest capacity, what you need is inspired action. At the end of every episode of the Vibrant Potential podcast, moving forward, you'll find an invitation to take an inspired action today. Sometimes you'll get your inspiration from elsewhere, and if that's the case, awesome! Follow your inspiration wherever it comes from. I'm offering this merely as something you can try on and see if it calls to you. If you're not sure how to tell, take a moment, slow down, perhaps close your eyes, Take a look inside. If it's an inspired action, there should be something stirring within you. If you can't tell, then you could just try an action, and if you feel good, in fact, the better you feel, the closer to spirit this action is taking you. If you feel lousy doing something, it's a really good sign it's probably not right for you. Today, your inspired action invite is to schedule two hours of alone time. Turn off all emails, phones, texts, social media updates, and anything else that goes beep or vibrates. Take a walk in nature and then sit down with your favorite beverage and write. Write whatever you want. 
You don't have to share it with anyone. Write what you want to do with your life. I'll give you a hint. Many people feel inspired by contributing to others, being a part of something larger than themselves. Family, neighborhood, city, state, country, world. Feel free to journal about how you'd like to contribute. Or another great thing to do is to do something for self. After all, you can't contribute if you don't have anything in the tank to give. So what's something you've wanted to do for yourself? Go to school? Maybe just go on vacation. How about finishing a triathlon? Maybe starting a business or a nonprofit? The point is to have some uninterrupted time to explore and touch base with yourself. Life's so often a whirlwind, and we can get to the end of a day without knowing what the heck just happened. And that's okay, but it's also great to take a moment and reconnect with yourself. If you choose to do this, I hope you'll reach out to me and let me know what you came up with, if you want. You can find me on Facebook, or you can email me at drchris at transformingchiropractic.com. I don't want to leave you hanging, so I'll let you know. I followed up with my neighbor, Paul, and he tells me he's doing fine. Cardiologist says the heart looks good. His carotid arteries are clear, so he's getting blood to his brain. It's looking like he has negative side effects from some of his medications his doc has him on, so they're just going to try to rectify that. Remember, you're only as old as you feel, and life's too short to feel anything but goodness. Until next time, I'm Dr. Chris Frickman, and here's to your vibrant potential. Visit drchrisfrickman.com for more cutting-edge content, including nutrition and detoxification advice, unique fitness videos, and more.